Let us go talk to the professor. McAvoy or Stewart? These timelines are so confusing. fantasy game. I picked the one movie that has come out. <laughs> That's right. And you have a commanding lead over everyone else. <laughs> Are you going to update us on like every podcast episode? Um, not, I don't know about everyone, but maybe when gonna, there's big changes. You're going to update us for a game that neither Wayne or I seem to have any stakes in. <laughs> I, I'm getting, he's winning. I, I'm I think getting, he's really I happy. Well, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm getting more as, as time goes on. Like by November, I'm going to be crazy competitive. <laughs> You're like, yeah, it's like, like if, when I'm in the lead, I care. <laughs> well, so obviously Katya's here. Yeah. <laughs> You're not winning. Not yet. <laughs> you probably will I be soon. I actually will take it as a point of pride that I will probably do very poorly, <laughs> mainly because I was like, let me pick all of the like stupid nerd Japanese movies that no one else wants to see but me. I am excited for Godzilla, though. I will go see that. <laughs> I think there's an audience for Detective Pikachu. Hey, there you go. Yes, it is mainly my family. <laughs> and they will go see it a hundred million times just to make yep. you win. <laughs> yep, that's what I'm counting on. And Hannah's here. Yep, and you know, since I'm we're talking about movies, I think everyone should go out this weekend and see Serenity. I haven't seen it yet, but I know it's good. <laughs> is that because you picked it? <laughs> no. <laughs> she says with incredulity. <laughs> Well, I did go see Glass, even though it's not my movie. It, it is Wayne's movie. And I think I'm... Did anybody else I see it? Yeah, Am I haven't seen person? it yet. I, no, <laughs> I haven't so, seen it. So a counter to my own self-interest, I'm putting money in the in Wayne's hey, pocket for the game. Yeah, I have pledged to only see movies that I pick now. How <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be the only person in the country who hasn't seen Avengers. That's going to be great. <laughs> hey, I'll watch it when it comes out on DVD. <laughs> well... So this week's show, this week's show is on continuity, which I guess it's actually sort of related to the movies, but we started on comics We uh, when we had the idea. And this is based on a conversation, uh, like many shows that I had with Wayne, but also pieces of my dissertation. And we talked about that on the blog at www.voxpodcast.com. Read it. Read it. No. <laughs> oh, does somebody else want to do the podcast? Save me some time. <laughs> I was going to be the random echo. Uh, but but uh, we had a comment on the blog, which from our best listener, who actually <laughs> was nice enough to write us a review so that I don't cry after every show. Oh <laughs> he does cry, guys. That's right. Except, except that one week when we got a review. I well, I'm a sensitive man. I, I I'm okay with crying. I'm, I watch I watch Gillette razor commercials and everything. So. Um, but, what? Uh, never mind. <laughs> I feel like I've missed something that I maybe don't want to know about. Okay. So um, so we, we have a best listener. A best listener. And this is somebody Wayne knows. So Wayne, I'll let you introduce our, our listener. Uh, yeah, this is this is Mark Schultes. Mark, welcome, Mark. Hello, and I did see Glass. Okay. Oh. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Are you going to see every movie on our list? I mean, that's <laughs> probably... Not- 50, 75%. Good. Mark's Before. movie guy. And then we can evaluate what movies Mark goes and sees and figure out who are who is the favorite host <laughs> of our <laughs> Oh, Lord. You, you just won a consolation prize. Sorry. You go ahead. <laughs> I, I, met, I met Mark through the store, uh, and you know, he, he commented on the blog, and we didn't have any other guests in mind this week. He's like, all right, he took the time to comment on this topic. Let's let him come on and talk about this topic. Yep. So welcome to I the show, Mark. <laughs> Right. Well, welcome to the show. I apologize from everything this point onward. <laughs> no apologies necessary. Do we though? Do we apologize? No, probably not. I no. mean, no. no. Okay. So, but welcome. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. I feel 
like you listen to the show, you know what happens. <laughs> no, thanks for yeah, having yeah. me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I mean, you can you can see already how this is going to yeah. go. So. <laughs> So, Mav, tell us about continuity. Tell us about your dissertation. Okay, well, my dissertation is long and, and sad, and I, again, I'm trying to not cry on the show. So, um, no, no, it's actually going really well lately. I've been doing it. If, if, if we write reviews of your dissertation, will you feel better? Yes. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> um, I'll feel even better if you give me a job. The problem with that is that requires us actually to have it, to, yeah. you know, read but, it. Yeah. But at yeah. one point during it, I make a point about how continuity works in comics. And if you have been to a comic book shop ever or a comic book convention ever or hang out with any comic book geek, you've probably had the conversation about, oh, I don't like how... DC rebooted their universe after Crisis Zero Hour. Uh, what else? What other re- New Fifty Two? Flashpoint Rebirth. And DC likes to reboot their universe every fifteen minutes. And all new Marvel. Uh, yeah, all new yes. Marvel. They've been they've done the same thing. And they ruined <laughs> Spider Man. Oh no! So yeah, geeks talk like that. And I made a comment at one point that I realized I don't actually care about continuity. I you know. I argue about it, or at least I'm used to arguing about it because I was a geek. But then I thought it doesn't really matter because the first place that I ever saw Batman, the, my introduction to the idea of Batman was the Adam West TV show, the <laughs> Batman 66, which is a very, very different Batman than occurs in the Christopher Nolan movies. And then I realized I don't get these confused at all. It doesn't bother me even a little bit. I I just, you know, I can enjoy both. I can enjoy the comic book. I can enjoy all of continuity ever. And it really, really doesn't matter. So I realized how much does it actually matter at all? And, you know, we sort of wanted to talk about why does continuity matter to people? And why does it bother people so much when someone reboots it or when continuity breaks or these aren't my Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters is this universe. You know, and, and it's like, I don't give a fuck. So <laughs> just like, mm-hmm. you just enjoy the thing or don't. But, you know, it happens in comics a lot. It happens in movies mm-hmm. like Ghostbusters or the reboot of, you know, right now we talked about it on the nostalgia show. We're rebooting lots of film properties. Video games reboot all the time. <laughs> But then uh-huh. I thought there's also remakes of, you know, Pride and Prejudice versus Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Does it bother you? No. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to throw in like in, in the world of comics, since this is where we're starting with this, the idea of continuity didn't really exist until the Marvel Universe. When, when Stan Lee was writing everything Marvel produced in the early 60s, he made it a consistent universe. And Spider-Man would guest in the Fantastic Four and whatever. Prior to that, mm-hmm. pretty much every story told at Marvel and DC – were self-contained like yes there's the idea that batman and superman vaguely exist in the same world but from one story to the next it's we talked about this with the riverdale episode when we talked about archie every story was essentially self-contained and had no bearing anything that happened in this story had no bearing on anything that ever happened again stan was really the architect of that idea of here's a consistent universe and what happens in this issue matters and down the road events in this issue will play out and then have an effect. So when we see when a blackout happens in Amazing Spider-Man, the lights go out in Fantastic Four. Right. Exactly. That sort of thing. And then, so Marvel pioneered that it took over with DC and it became sort of the, the you know, end all be all of, of comics fandom for a long, long time. Well, the, the way that Stan Lee did it also kind of gave it a fun Easter egg hunt vibe to it because you'd have that little editor's note box at the bottom saying, <laughs> see last issue, Smiling Stan or... Right now yeah. in Fantastic Four number five, you know, don't miss it. And so it was it, it had it was a dual purpose because not only was it trying to keep you conscious of, oh, yeah, there's more going on than just what you're reading. But it was it was a kind of smart marketing ploy also. Yeah. Long before it became a, oh. you know, very shallow marketing ploy. <laughs> but Yeah. And, and that's absolutely a part of it. But I, I, I do agree with the point of, you know, after 80 years of quote unquote continuity, it just can't work or fit anymore. And when you have these reboots happening as, as a fan of this stuff, I, you, if like, and I'm going to use Marvel as the example, if you're trying to convince me that this is one ongoing narrative and continuity is important, there are times it does bother me when something just overtly contradicts 
something that's been established before. It doesn't ruin comics for me. I, I don't go on Twitter and rant, as you know. I don't go on Twitter for anything. <laughs> Mark but, man. Uh, <laughs> but, but but I but I don't I don't go on and rant about it. But I still notice this stuff because there is that there is that air that Marvel maintains of this is all one narrative and it all fits together, even though it really really doesn't. And here's here's my nerd example of that recently. Uh, and and it, this isn't something I truly care about in any fanboy sense. But I notice because I'm that guy in the recent issue of Fantastic Four where Bing Grimm, the thing, marries Alicia Masters and Aunt Petunia shows up in the early days of of Fantastic Four. He was always referring to his Aunt Petunia and and she shows up in this and, and she's an old lady. Except when John Byrne was writing the book 35 years ago, he pulled out the surprise of Aunt Petunia was this beautiful young woman who happened to be Bing, Bing Grimm's aunt. We haven't seen her since, as far as I know. And when we do, it's a completely different character. And there's no mention of this at all. But technically, it's the same (laughs) continuity. Did it ruin the book? No. But I noticed. (laughs) Like, that's wrong. That's not Aunt Petunia. Who is that? Think of it this way. It's this is the analogy I would use after, you know, early 70s. Stan finally steps down off of Amazing Spider-Man. Right. Well, Mm-hmm. What you had for that first decade, for that original run, was a continuity, a, a consistency in character usage and plot development. Mm-hmm. And one main editor overseeing all of that. Right, right. So what comics has yeah. become is it's well, it's a relay race. You hand it off to the next writer, and then that writer hands it off to the next mm-hmm. writer. Now, if you have an editor who knows, who, you know, knows what they're doing, then they at least kind of help them shape you know the writer's going to have their vision for where they want to take the story but the editor will at least you know chime in and say hey remember this will contradict this or you know spider-man's not he's wearing Mm -hmm. the 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 cloth black costume right now because he still wants to you know wear black even though he realized the symbiote was trying to take him over you know it depending on where the story is going the editor should at least you know chime in but then over decades and passing off to another writer to another writer to another writer each one of those writers has in their head their own head cannon, uh, basically, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's a story they yep. want to tell, mm-hmm. and they they try to, you know, I don't want to say force it. Usually, it's hopefully when it's done well, it's more organic, but they will kind of force in how they want to take the character, and you do it so often over, mm-hmm. you know, a long period of time. That's when you do have a lot of those inconsistencies where supporting characters have just fallen by the wayside because. They weren't being utilized. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it gets broken. <laughs> which that idea of headcanon conveniently brings us back to Mav's dissertation. <laughs> My thing with that is obviously, yes, Stan was writing every book, but <laughs> if you actually go back and read them, yeah, it's easy to say. Well, yeah, sure, there is more continuity when. You have one guy paying attention. You know, uh, George Lucas was better at maintaining continuity across Star Wars than the combination of George Lucas and J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson and Ron Howard and, you know, and Kathleen Kennedy and whoever's (laughs) writing the dozen comic books and everything, except he actually wasn't. Stan was really shitty at maintaining continuity. He was really, really bad because he was writing every book. Yeah. Like Stan would forget characters' names inside of a book. Yeah. He was writing eight books a month and couldn't keep track of anything. Right. There's a Spider-Man comic where Doc Ock calls mm-hmm. Spider-Man Superman. Superman's not even one of your characters, Stan. He doesn't even, he's not even part of this company, <laughs> this company. And Doc Ock just says it. Because nobody, because Stan was writing the book and editing the book and nobody noticed. And there's, um, you know, he gets Peter Parker's name wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Happens all the time. Yeah. And it was, it, it was very much, you know, like they, they were under the pressure of meeting deadlines, being producing and they, Stan, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko and all the rest of that original bullpen, they're meeting deadlines and they thought kind of the, I've probably mentioned this on the show before, part of the, the belief at comics publishers in the 1960s is our audience turns over every year. They're 10 to 12 year old boys and they turn over every year. So two years from now, nobody, nobody will remember anything we've written. You have four years of comic reading and then you discover girls. Yeah. That's what Stan believed. <laughs> that is, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You, know, you discover girls in cars, and you never read comics again. Uh, Stan was wrong. <laughs> so I th- he, I think he invented continuity accidentally. I think it made it inter- 
it made it more interesting for him because he was writing all these books and he could you know use some characters over or hey i don't have an idea for daredevil this month well let's bring over you know one of spidey's villains or whatever so i I think some of that continuity happened accidentally just because he was writing everything but over time he there was this the marvel universe is created and everybody adds on to that um and you know like in the the 80s we had those books the the official handbook of the marvel universe that gave specific origin and powers and explained how they worked and it was sort of an effort to codify the universe this is the history and they mm-hmm, absolutely you know, they released the books the marvel saga do you remember that i do Mav, yep. mark where where, where they, they they were yeah they they were they were edited together reprints of panels and bits and pieces of continuity to tell the history of the marvel universe and that was meant to be here is the canonical this is the way things happen <laughs> i'm actually staring um, at a copy of the handbook so it, on myself yeah thank you half price books <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so I, I guess, but it does come back to the, the whole thing of, you know, why does this matter? Why is it so appealing to people? Um, and I, you know, I, I have been a fan of that and a junkie of that, but I don't bend over backwards to make it work when it obviously doesn't. Well, I would think you, you pose the question, you know, why, why does it matter to some people? I mean, for, I mean, me personally, I look at continuity as a way that the creative team is honoring audience commitment. You've stuck with us. We're going to expand your appreciation for what we're creating for you. You know, I, I had the example on the tip of my tongue. I just thought of it and I, Oh, Castle Rock. Nope. Uh, Has anyone watched Castle Rock on Hulu? Okay. So I had just recently finished season one going into it. I knew it's an homage to Stephen King's works without being based on a specific work of his. And the way they approached creating the show was create something that feels like a Stephen King work. That isn't a Stephen King work. But if you put Easter eggs, sprinkle it throughout, Stephen King fans are going to get an extra entertainment out of it than someone who has no idea, you know, that dairy is, well, everyone knows that, you know, dairy, they, we all float down here. But, you know, like Cujo, not everyone in, you know, America has read or seen Cujo, maybe should, but still the, the idea is that make something that, the general public can enjoy, but then add something extra for the fans. And so I, Mm -hmm. there's, there's countless examples. But I think like the Easter egg thing is slightly different from the continuity that I think like Mav and Wayne are talking about. Cause like Mav, I mean, Mav wanted me to be on the show because of like talk about video game continuity. Mm -hmm. I was just about to ask you this. And I was thinking about it. Cause I mean, Easter eggs are a huge part of a lot of video game, like really any video game franchise, because there's sort of the added layer of the problem with video games. Actually, although, Mav, you kind of talked about the impossibility of reading all of Batman on the blog post, so it's not exclusive video games. But for, like, a video game, like, there are franchises I've played that I could not go right. back and play every single game mm-hmm. in the series because I don't have the console. And yes, there are emulators, and yes, there are, like, ways to work around that, but, like, I'm... You'd like to eat today and do laundry and, you know, <laughs> have other life things. going. On. Right. Well, and there's like there's enough video games in the world that mm-hmm. I don't need to do that. And so I think Easter eggs, sort of like what you're saying, like are a nod to sort of mm-hmm. like, well, like so like I've played every Zelda game that's ever come out since I was a kid. And like the Legend of Zelda franchise, I think, is a really good example of sort of like video game continuity, because every Zelda video game is completely self-contained. And actually, the vast majority of them take place at a completely different point in the world mm-hmm. timeline. So they're complete, like, like each game is self-contained. You don't need to know what happened in previous iterations of it. Unlike some video games where there's a continuous story, but there are characters that reappear in different versions. And there are these Easter eggs that you're always finding. So there is that kind of callback, but I don't like, I don't know if the callbacks and the Easter eggs are quite the same as continuity. They're signaling like, yes, like that kind of like fan service you're talking Mm -hmm. about. But I think that's different from saying like, oh, this story takes place in the same sort of like the, like a Marvel universe, which is consistent. Oh, well, I just uh, just to finish with the Zelda example, I thought it was a great example. I was thinking about it earlier because of all video games. That is the most convoluted chronology I've ever tried to follow, because like you said, you have like the Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Time story arc has nothing to do with yeah. uh, Wind Waker. 
and and then Phantom Hourglass and Spear Tracks right. has nothing to do with the adventure of Link. Yeah, I think there's two, or I think now maybe three. I'm really bad on Zelda lore at this point, but uh, like multiple different timelines that branched off and have no relationship to each other anymore. And I think part of the fun of that becomes like, if you want to be a Zelda nerd, like I was when I was a kid, you're interested, not just in your, it's like figuring out which ones are part of what timeline and learning out over that rather than enjoying the continuity for its own sake. It's about figuring out what the canon is and where it diverges and all this other sort of like kind of anthropological nerdery. And that's exactly what I was thinking of. Cause when you're talking about something like Zelda and I was going to ask a question, but I think you sort of answered it. So there is one would argue there is a cohesive and link and Zelda have this life timeline that one could follow from however many 20 video games there are in, in the Zelda series. Right. Ah! Or it, does it branch? It, no, so that's what we're talking about. So not every game is part of the same continuous mm-hmm. timeline, um, especially when you start including like the um, yeah. sort of, what is it, the Nintendo DS and like so basically like the portable game edition. Okay, perfect. Those, for the most part, are part of a completely different timeline that I think branches off of Ocarina of Time or earlier. Perfect, that's exactly what I'm wondering. Because if, it, what I'm thinking <laughs> about is... Which is crazy, says the guy who can follow <laughs> multiple plot lines. And yeah, topics. yeah. And the, see, I, I'm going right. to use a, I'm going to use the example of with, with Zelda, you've got, you say you've got branching timelines and you said you've mm-hmm. played all of them. So I'm just going to assume you've played versions of the, of Zelda on the DS and the Super Nintendo and the Switch and the Game Boy. I mean, like I'm picking random consoles, not in order, but you've played various Zeldas on various systems, correct? And they've yep. not, you know, and they branch into multiple timelines and you're just fine. You, I mean, you either care enough to try and, yeah, and disambiguate and, it in your head or you don't and you enjoy the game. Either way, it just works fine. Yeah, I think it just works fine. I mean, I think Zelda is a special case in that it doesn't have the same, because I mean, in a comic book, there's a sort of, there at least has to be some continuity from issue to issue to mm-hmm. a certain extent. Zelda doesn't have that. It has that same necessity in that, like, when you see a Legend of Zelda game, you have certain expectations of, like, Link and Zelda are both going to be present some version of Ganon or some other weird, awful, horrible thing is going to be present and you have to save the world. But because each one takes place, so like Link, I don't want to get super into like Zelda lore, but like basically with very few exceptions, the Link you play in each game is actually a different Link because Link like Link as a character is reborn mm-hmm. as like basically a mythic hero. So, I mean, it's like, I mean, I think that's why Zelda is an interesting example is because the mm-hmm. entire franchise is like a discontinuous okay. continuity where it's like every game is you are reenacting the mythology of another previous legend that you have played in an early game. I don't game. see how that's <laughs> functionally any different than the fact that I like, I understand that there is a Batman continuity that starts with Adam mm-hmm. West in 1969 and goes through comic books written by Mark and now. And Draco's writing the comic, right? Wayne? I guess what I was thinking is different is mm-hmm. that because it's sort of like this mythological reenactment, mm-hmm. the variation yeah. is built into the continuity. So you actually expect there to be difference. But it, it is in comics too, though, right? Yeah. If I have a comics nerd, then I know that in the anti-monitor's grand over scheme of the universe, Batman 66 happens on Earth 66. Earth 1 <laughs> is where um, <laughs> Superman, where Superman pre-crisis comics happen earth two is where the justice league no but i mean i know this and it doesn't i know this because i'm a nerd and it never bothered me i've i've never had a problem i've never in my life been confused about why isn't batman acting like christopher nolan's west. i grew up with the concept of multiple universes because of comics and 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 that whole idea that they're being i guess there's the whole you know continuity in the moment, like if, if you're reading a Batman story in the mm-hmm. current continuity and his butler is is Alfred and two pages later, his butler walks in and it's Jarvis and there's no comment made about this. That blows internal continuity in the moment. Like this right. just don't make no damn sense. Right. But I, I don't need to fit in an issue of Batman from 1972 into the current story and have every little detail fit. Right. But there are people I, who I think do. Hannah yeah. hit, hit the point exactly with Zelda when she says it's kind of expected. Yeah. And just like you said, Mab, also with comics, yeah. it's expected. And a lot of this has to do with labeling. So with DC, you have Elseworlds. You know up front, okay, we're going to go with a little twist. Like 
with the animated movies, they recently adapted, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Batman Gotham by Gaslight. So, you know, that's a different continuity. Everyone's usually on board with that. I think where a lot of the arguments stem from is when it's not explicit that it's a new continuity or, and this is probably where you're, you're going with the, the, the whole episode is why is it that even if it's not explicit, if it's even just a minor deviation, why does it become such a huge argument? Why can't you just kind of adapt to it? Right. Like, I think that's, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's where you're going with the, the, the question you've, you've posed is why is it there are some people that just have to kind of lose it when something deviates from the established continuity where they're going with it, what they've done in the past. Why can't you change things up? And I think it has to do with the longer someone is say invested in this IP. Like I've been a fan of Batman since I was five years old and you stick with it for so long and you pick the iteration you like the most, like maybe say uh, Bruce Timm's the, the animated series universe that they did. And at some point, an episode comes out that maybe, um, here's a great example, the Batman and uh, Harley Quinn quote unquote animated universe movie that came out that not everyone was on board with, but it's supposed to technically be in that continuity, but it's a little contradictory. And then that's when someone starts arguing. And I think that maybe part of it is the longer someone is associating with that iteration of the IP, that's when they feel they have ownership of it. Yeah, that's a, that's sure. a big piece of it, the ownership. So I, I think that another part of this is, you know, the ending or a conclusion or like what you're reading or watching for. So like we've talked about Lost um, a couple times mm-hmm. on the show. Oh boy. And <laughs> any, anytime I possibly can. Regular um, listeners know my beef with Lost. <laughs> Yes. Uh, but, but, you know, some people who were really invested watched for the mysteries and the plot Mm -hmm. and about the other half watched for the character development. And, you know, uh, I think that if you watch for the character development in general, you were more satisfied with the end than the people who were asking about questions and continuity issues and why didn't they answer who was in the rowboats and, you know, mm-hmm. the, yeah, so et cetera, et cetera. So like, I, I think that, you know, I, I can watch things and say, okay, like, it's fine. I get that Adam West is not the same Batman as the law the Batman, the long Halloween, or even the Christopher Nolan movies, even though they draw inspiration from that comic, aren't mm-hmm. doing like a shot by shot remake. But if you take something like Harry Potter, the Harry Potter universe, mm-hmm. um, fans are, and I assume no one in this room is going to be upset if I spoil the latest crimes of mm-hmm. Grindelwald movie. Nope. 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 Go for it. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of people who actually saw the movie and, uh, <laughs> Not a lot of people saw the movie for, you know, being a Harry Potter universe movie. We're upset because the big twist at the end is Credence, who was in the first movie and is like a kind of morally gray character, turns out to be Albus Dumbledore's lost brother. Mm-hmm. And because it's like a plot twist that came out of nowhere, people were like, what is this? Like, this makes no sense. How can J.K. Rowling break her universe like this? So I think that like, if it's a big plot point, sometimes people who've been invested in, you know, endings or like narrative, I get upset, not because they dislike it, but I think it's also like when Harry Potter is, I think Harry Potter is also an interesting example because like this, like so far we've been talking about like the comic book, like the comic books we're talking about. And I think also this is true of Zelda, although not in the same extent, like the time scale for that is much longer. Whereas I feel like, I mean, Harry Potter has been around for quite some time now, but it's been one author and really like one generation, like, like, I mean, not one generation, but like, I've, it hasn't been around it as long. in the nineties. Right. It hasn't been around as long. So I feel like there's more expectation for continuity. And I feel like, especially because like compared to like a comic book series that has like, you know, a hundred plus issues, there's a lot, I think like as a franchise grows, there's more wiggle room in mm-hmm. continuity. Whereas I feel like the shorter it is, the more expectation that there is that each book or story sort of like fits with other things. So when you make those changes retroactively, I think that that can kind of like, I mean, I think that's where some people get annoyed. I I think Mm -hmm. the the thing you said about it being a single creator 
I mean, that's part of it as well is you know, it, it's, it's her vision yeah. of this. That's all we've seen so far. 50 years from now, when it's been franchised out and, and other people have written sequels and made movies and, and, and the Grindelwald stuff being an example of Which that. Which has already started by the, right. well, yeah. also, I mean, right. Cursed Child is not her. And Cursed right. Child. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It, yeah, she like had it help in the story, but it's yeah. So uh, as, as we see more and more of that, we're going to see just by chance more things that contradict things that are established in the books or or, or don't quite fit. But I, I do think that single creator is a big part of you know, why it works and why it's easy to get attached to that stuff because here's this person's vision. Or you know, the, I mean, the comics thing. How many people read right. Spider Man in the last fifty, sixty years? And, you know, actually, as a reader, I kind of prefer like these little mini, you know, uh, short like series where you take a character that you're familiar with and just mm -hmm. give them an arc mm -hmm. and yeah. then end it. Because, <laughs> I mean, I suppose when I said they've ruined Spider-Man, it's really not about continuity at all. They tried to keep it continuous by, you know, resetting with a brand new day yeah. back in 2008 or so. And like how many times in like the continuous world have Mary Jane and Peter Parker broken up? <laughs> She turned down his marriage okay. proposal how many times? Like, no one wants to read that. I'm tired of reading that. <laughs> the readership turns over every two years. <laughs> but so, like, when Marvel and Sony, like, you know, rebooted Peter Parker for the Marvel Universe, uh, Cinematic Universe, they also kind of rebooted the character of MJ. So now it's Michelle Jones, um, and she's a totally different character mm -hmm. than Mary Jane. And... Honestly, I don't care. She's cool. <laughs> it's fine. It's whatever. So I, I think it it might just be like partially like tell us a good story mm -hmm. because I mean, I pretend and this is not an academic thing, but I pretend that the first three Star Wars movies and by first three, I mean the prequels don't exist because they're not good. Yeah, no <laughs> campaign one, finance reform. No one, the Star Wars about campaign finance reform. It's great. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I, I don't think you're, you're definitely not the only one in that camp, Hannah. I feel like that, that I'm yep. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm not going to say anything more about well, that. Cause it's going to make me angry. No, but let, so take Star Wars though. So Star Wars is, I, I think a great example of this because you have two things. You have first off, you have the myth mm -hmm. that George Lucas is sort of the mastermind, you know, behind everything, creative genius. And he didn't write any of those, the, the universally acknowledged good three movies. He didn't write any of them by himself. He had yeah. help on all of them. He didn't direct them in a vacuum. He didn't even, he only directed one of them. The other two had other directions. He changed his mind repeatedly about plot points. Right. It was, it, it's constantly evolving. There are contradictions in one to the in one to the other. If you include mm -hmm. the ones that now the prequels, he did direct and he did write. And like people are upset about stuff like, well, the George, you know, Ben Kenobi says this, but blah blah blah. Like there's just outright continuity flaws, not just the fact that they're bad, but there's things like. Why the hell like does Leia it, said she can remember her mother. Yeah. Why doesn't Ben <laughs> recognize R2? He's I mean because he, he's a senile old man. There's no there's no like there's no logic to it. The Star Wars universe has always had those problems, even with one creative person because he wrote them over a course of what, twenty-five years? Like it, it shit changes. Right. And what if like also like if you get into like any series that takes mm -hmm. place over a long point of years, like if you actually want to get down to the nitpick like nitpicking of it, mm -hmm. you can probably find like any number of continuity errors like i think i mean i think this is part of just like the out i mean we talked about this i think sometimes a little bit on the last episode of like the sort of culture of outrage mm -hmm. of like internet nerd culture and i think like some of the continuity stuff of like so it seems, sounds like none of, like some of us appreciate continuity as sort of like an intellectual or like nerd fan exercise but i'm assuming no one on here gets like actively pissed internet <laughs> rage i silently stew sometimes but i do not go out and yeah. troll. <laughs> right i turned 14 and discovered girls yeah. so you know wow. this is why stanley invented the no prize i will admit whenever disney away the expanded the universe and pretty much just said fuck it i did silently stew about it and just because it's going back to that whole idea of you know honoring commitment <laughs> unfortunately i spent way too many years reading those books and then they're like oh they didn't happen <laughs> so I get the thing about honoring commitment, but I think like, so what I was going to say is I think like part of the internet rage is like, I mean, but this is, I feel like it's come up on multiple episodes, actually, just like the last one. It's like, it's partially the culture of internet rage and like people wanting to like demonstrate like how much I know about a subject. Mm -hmm. 
I'm not saying that this is you because you're just suddenly <laughs> doing a not doing performative nursery. It's not, it's not like uh, you're in a podcast or anything. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, it's like, I think part of it is also like the continuity concerns. I don't think they're actually like, like when people get outraged about that, I don't think it's about they can't deal with continuity. Right. It's that a lot of times I think the things that people get enraged about are like things that really matter mm-hmm. to them, especially things that really matter to them are like formative, yeah. yes. like formative television shows, books and stuff like that. So when you change it, I mean, I think this goes back to the Harry Potter thing. Harry Potter was hugely formative for people of Hannah's generation growing up, you know, in the 90s and the 2000s. And so it's when you change that and when you change it to be something other than like what, you know, a Harry Potter fan or a Star Wars fan or whatever grew up and like expects. I think that's what people in rage, like makes people mm-hmm. upset, not like the actual discontinuity itself. Well, they feel ownership over it. And mm-hmm. and it feels like, right. I mean, Mark said, you, you want to be rewarded for your commitment. And so, I, I mean, I want to talk about the expanded universe bit, for instance. So here's the okay. thing. I would say I'm a Star Wars fan in that I'm a guy who likes movies a lot. I've seen each of those films except for solo i've seen each film multiple times i just haven't gotten to watching solo a second time yet i probably will watch it a second time it's on netflix now yeah, oh, um, i'll buy it but i've seen rogue one several times i've seen force awakens a couple times um i've seen last jedi twice and i've seen the originals you know more times than i can count i've read some star wars comic books i got really invested in the rebels tv show it was last really year. good yeah I've maybe I I got more invested in that than I've maybe read one novel one expanded universe novel Mm. maybe I I don't even know if I finished it when I was like I I tried to read some no I read I I read one and a half novels when I was a kid I read one and liked it and I and I read another one and said this is not very good and I gave up and then I didn't care about the expanded universe again I just didn't and here's the problem yes it's kind of great that you're wrapping all this continuity up it's it's kind of neat it's awesome that in my head i've got at this point 80 years of dc and marvel continuity just wrapped up in my head and probably better than most people but i don't but i don't know it all i've not read all sixteen thousand batman appearances and no one has and you cannot rely on people to know stuff in order to do it if you look at like the if you look at the the video games that stuff that katia was talking about if you look at early nintendo Mario was in every game. Mario's, <laughs> yeah. the, Mario's the referee in Punch Out. Why? Because you know, we had the sprite already and no one wanted to draw something new. <laughs> I mean, it's an Easter egg. Mario's just in every game. Wrecking crew. And, yeah. And does it matter to his overall story? Not really. Like the, there is a continuous story, you know, but like you cannot require that someone played every Zelda game. I will games. say this. I will mm-hmm. say this. Nintendo's admission that Kirby is the most powerful, <laughs> super, like most powerful hero in the Nintendo universe with the new Smooth Bros. Mm-hmm. Brothers pleases me so deeply because I have now had to argue with so many people that the Kirby games are amazing. Also, Kirby's non-binary not gender. Kirby. <laughs> they, they also anyway. split that out. Yes, I know. Kirby is yes. the best. Anyway, end of. Uh, but like you know. There are, so there are other ways to... Continuity, I care about. <laughs> sure. There's like, there, there are other ways, you know, to honor the, like, like history than just, like, keep the story continuous. Like, di- like you know, Disney calls uh, the Expanded Universe now mm-hmm. Legends. And characters mm-hmm. from Legends have appeared on other things, like Grand Admiral Thrawn has appeared mm-hmm. in, like, Hotel Jamia. And uh, I, I'm hoping, and this is just because there were so few female characters when I was growing up in the Star Wars universe yes. that Mara Jade makes mm-hmm. an appearance somewhere in some form. Uh, but you know, like, I think that like, actually like there's just because it doesn't appear in the way that we read it when we were young, doesn't mean that like they can't do Mm -hmm. new and interesting things with it. I mean, and their stories are still there. Right. Yeah. yeah, Their stories are still there. I just look, yeah. I can buy, I, I can buy, I just type Mara Jade on Amazon and I've come up with several books that I can buy right now. Yep. Choices of One by Timothy Zahn. I could buy it and read it right now. I could deliver it to my Kindle immediately if I wanted to. I don't because again, I don't actually care for them. So one of my earliest fandoms, not so much anymore, but when I was a kid, Harry Potter hadn't been invented yet because I'm old. And I was a big fan of L. Frank Baum's Oz series. I've read them all. And you know what? Dorothy's slippers are silver. That's what they're supposed to be. They're silver shoes. They changed them to ruby slippers for the movie. Everybody gets it wrong. And you know what? Doesn't matter. We can just follow the story. And the ruby slippers are more fun. Well, they were colorful. They were they looked prettier in on TV. I mean on on, on the on not TV, right. on the movies. They're more That's fun. why he changed them. Amazing technicolor. 
Yep. They, they, yeah, they look, uh, they look prettier. That's why they changed it. And it's fine. And, but also here's, here's weird things about the Oz series. Most of them or all the original books were written by one guy. And when you go to Oz, you have a cowardly lion that talks. You have a bunch of other talking animals. You have flying monkeys that talk. And in about the seventh book, Dorothy suddenly says, why doesn't Toto talk? Because people had asked L. Frank Baum why Toto doesn't talk. And Glinda says, what makes you- the normal? World. Oh, no, no. There were animals that came from the normal world that went there and talked. No. And people would ask L. Frank Baum about it. And he's like, uh, uh, uh. So like in book seven, Dorothy realizes that he's not talking. And so she asked Glinda, how come how come Toto doesn't talk when all the other animals here talk? And she and Glinda says, what makes you think Toto can't talk? So Dorothy turns to turns to Toto <laughs> and says, you know, why don't you ever talk? And he's like, I haven't had anything to say. And then from then on, Toto Toto can just talk (laughs) because it was a continuity error that he just hadn't really considered. Mm -hmm. And it's fine. It doesn't ruin the story. And it doesn't ruin the story that like the slippers might be silver. It might be red. I can go back. There's been movies that have been made outside of the original series. There's been people who've written other spinoff books. There's been comic books. And I can still go back and I can read the Oz books if I want to. And those books still exist. The Legends book from Star Wars still exists. Pre-Crisis DC still exists. You know, like they, they don't go away. I'm reading for my dissertation. I'm reading world's finest comics from I mean, 1964 right now. I think it's right going away. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's that people want, like I was saying about the nostalgia of it, is it's like, I think it's that people want more of the thing that they had before. Right, I agree. They've got more. Yeah, I'm going to chime in. I'm going to chime in as a retailer. I'm going to chime in as a retailer. No, they yeah. no, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> they think they do. Okay. They think they do. But, well, but, that's but what I'm saying. They think they want more of it, but what they want is the original experience. The, that they what they want is the experience. Or but they want to share it. Week after week after week, week after week after week, I have people buying stuff and all they do is bitch about how nothing ever changes and there's nothing new. Yep. <laughs> but they keep buying the, the same mm-hmm. books over and over. And the moment you. And then when it changes, then, then they, they get bitch pissy about it. Right. <laughs> well, right. I'm telling you, culture. Well, here's here's one thing I won't necessarily counter, but I'll kind of branch off of that. So for me personally, and, 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 and I'm, I'm 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 sorry, Mark. I, I'm going to throw out the caveat. I love my customers, and, and that experience is actually fairly rare. Right. But but I do see that dynamic. You oh know? yeah, for sure. So but right. what I would suggest, just using my personal experience, there are certain IPs that I'm a fan of that. Not necessarily everyone else's. I think we all have that. Um, Mav, you have Manimal. So mm-hmm. there, there, there are a few things that I just... I actually like Top Rock better, but Manimal is funnier. <laughs> but like growing up, um, I know this is going to... This may or may not start some, uh, some outrage here, but I am a huge Transformers Uh-oh. fan. Huge Transformers fan. Have been since I was a kid. And I always wanted to see a big live action movie. And then... Mid 2000s, the rumblings are. And they gave you what you right, asked for. Right. They gave me what I asked for. And I'm watching it and I'm trying to, to separate fanboy from just regular viewer. And in the back of my head, all I kept telling myself was as long as they adapt and tell a, a, a story that has the same spirit of what I grew up with, then I'm happy. But with each movie, it was just getting farther and farther from what. I liked about the IP and why I liked that property. And so I think that's an example of, let's jump back to the Star Wars EU as an example. And then I'll kind of put the point together is with the EU, I think some people like Mara Jade, Hannah, I'm 100% a huge Mara Jade fan. And when they said they were going to make new movies, I'm like, please bring in, you know, Grand Admiral Thrawn, bring in Mara Jade. It doesn't have to be the exact same story arcs that Timothy Zahn wrote, but bring those characters and those relationships that, that, you know, her and Luke and that relationship, because as a reader, I enjoyed it so much. I want other people to see what I enjoyed. And that's how I felt with Transformers. Mm-hmm. I'm like, not everyone is going to watch this 80, this cartoon from the eighties because it's a cartoon from the eighties. And unless you grew up with it, you're not going to give it the time of day, but if they do, a great movie and translate it well, then it'll sell. But is that also asking the viewership of like, you know, 
2019 to be the viewership is the same as the 1980s. Right, right. It's exactly that. Because I, like, I think that that's, I mean, I get what you're talking about with the sh- wanting to share the joy of it, but like, I don't know that continuity solves that because, in, because the audience has changed. There's a reason why, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the new Transformers movies either, and I'm someone who enjoyed the cartoons. But like, I like I don't I don't think you could make the movie that was the same as the cartoons and have it sell to the popular audience. Because, I mean, those Transformers movies were not made for Transformers fans. Right. And that's exactly one. OK, so that's where I was going with it. So Sony has redone Spider-Man, right, because it was. You know, everyone gets their cake and eats it, too. Marvel can use Spider-Man in their movie. Sony can keep the, the IP and make money off of it as long as they compromise and agree on certain things. Tom Holland can, you know, you know, he'll dance over here and he'll dance over there. But then Sony wants to do Venom and Marvel's like, well, no, we're not ready to use Venom yet. And Sony's like, well, no, people want a Venom movie. We got to do it. So then what Sony ends up doing is, oh, well, we'll just find a way to make it work without Peter. And that's when you have some of that nerd outrage, not necessarily because it has to be exactly the same continuity, but there are some things that are just blatantly baked into that story. And that if you make too many divergence in the way you have adapted the material, then you are closing the door to future stories that you would want to see. You know, the Venom movie, the symbiote doesn't have Peter's experiences. But the closing the door argument assumes that you're going to start with mm-hmm. continuity from this movie rather than right, start over again. Right. Part of the question that raises for me is how far can you take a concept from its original concept and have it remain the same thing? Mm-hmm. You know, if was, it, okay, so I have a question there then. So I think that's I think that's actually a two part question. What you what I'm hearing from Mark is, and then this goes back to the thing you said about Mara Jade, but also what you said about Venom. The reason you love Mara Jade is because you've read about Mara Jade in 50 different novels and 100 different comic books that have been published over the last 25 years. Right. Or, well, uh, up until three years ago or four, <laughs> four years ago for 25 years before that, you know, yeah. you you got to watch Mara and Luke's relationship develop and you got to see Mara become Luke's wife and you got to see them have kids and you got to see a whole universe built around the character of Mara Jade, Hannah as well, because clearly you're a fan. So you love that. And I think what you really want, you said it yourself, you want other people to love the same thing that you love. Yeah. But see, the thing is, I'm not going to go back if I haven't read Star Wars novels between, I mean, I last tried to read one in like 1986. And if I haven't read one between 1986 and 2014, I'm not going to do it now. I know who Mara Jade is because I study pop culture for a living, but I'm not going to go back and read those books. So who are, so you're not really rewarding me if you're telling the same story. Now, can you introduce a character called Mara Jade? Sure. She's never going to be exactly what you want because you have too much knowledge about her. But like if I'm doing Spider-Man Homecoming and whether I create a new character named MJ or not, I don't need Peter to have and lose his relationship with Gwen before I start the MJ relationship. I can just ignore her because it's too much baggage. It's not, you're not really helping anything for anybody. So you, you come down to this question of what Wayne just asked, what is essential to the character of Spider-Man? What is essential to the character of Luke Skywalker? What is essential to the character of Bumblebee or Optimus Prime? I don't need to know everything that happened in Beast Wars in order to understand a Transformers movie. Now I might not like the Transformers movie that they gave me, like, cause I didn't like, any of them, Bumblebee was okay, but right. the but you're when you say you're rewarding, you want somebody to experience the same thing that you experienced when you were ten, and that time is over. Not only can you not go back, you can't really give it to me, even if you just give me a character with the same name. Right. If you say like when you close off a story, yeah, sure, I cannot do. Um, I'm trying to think of a, of a classic Venom story. I can no longer do Web of Spider-Man number one. Web of Spider-Man number one is my favorite story involving the, the symbiote. Yeah. Um, and if you're a big enough comics geek, you know what happens in that story. I'm not even going to explain it for the show because it doesn't matter. It's It cannot possibly happen in the MCU or the Sony universe now because right. they've already deviated from it so much. And you know what? 
tough. It, I mean, it's fine. Like you just, you don't really need to do that story. I only want it because it means so much to me, but I'm not the arbiter of what's necessarily going to, people are going to enjoy about the, about the Sony universe. Right. And also you, you touched upon a few things I think that go back to, let's look at from a business you know standpoint, Wayne, you were even saying as from, as a retailer, people want the same thing when they say they don't want the same thing. But if you are doing something new with the IP, um, let, let's look at, like you said, the, the new, the, well, not the upcoming new Ghostbusters, but the last Ghostbusters, there is probably the argument and it deservedly. So I think it's even a fact continuity could dampen creativity. So if you're beholden mm-hmm. to what's come before, then you can't experiment and try to evolve it. And, and like you were saying, as long as you get the spirit of, you know, the hero journey of Luke or of, of Bumblebee or of Peter, then you can play around. And that's kind of what John Watt did with Homecoming. Let's, you know, change it up a little, but keep the core spirit there. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I think, I think it boils down to, again, if you, like you were saying, I'm trying to recapture, you know, like the nostalgia show, I'm trying to recapture what I grew up with because it's, it's part of, I don't want to say my identity, but it's definitely like a, a, a special place in my memory, you know, go back to like, Oh, I just, I remember when I loved reading this and you, you would like to see that happen to other people, but you can't because they have a completely different experience with the same property. That's why some people might absolutely hate something and they won't try a reboot or a sequel of it because they just hated the first one. I have friends who will not give Dune a chance because when they watched the 2000 miniseries, they thought the special effects were so bad. They're just never going to give it a chance when I said, you got to look past it. It's a great story. And they're like, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm like, but it's a great story. <laughs> okay, fine. When um, I can't pronounce the gentleman's name, but the guy did Arrival and um, Blade Runner, he's going to be doing Dune. I think he's going to do a great job. But if you grew up with uh, now, you know, love it or hate it, what um, David Lynch did, there are parts of it that work and parts of it that don't. But maybe there's someone who knew nothing about the book, saw the movie, thought it was just too weird. So they'll never try you know, a new version of it. I, I, I don't want to steal your catchphrase, Wayne, but I think I'm kind of pushing us in that, that direction. But, <laughs> but I, I just, I, I think that what you've all said before is really the core of it is, is someone has taken ownership of their experience with it. They want to see more of that particular experience. So that's why they, they just clench onto the continuity of what they love because they want more of the version they love. And when someone changes it, then you have your nerd outrage and say, no, I'm not going to get what I want. But, but Mav, you're 100% right. If you want to experience it, go on Amazon. It's still there. I go back. Right. Cause you're, you're never going to get, you're never going to get the same experience mm-hmm. back yeah, again. And you're never going to be able to give it to anybody else. Right. Right. It's like, I'm never going to play. I mean, like I, I've made so many people that are not gamers play Zelda Ocarina of time mm-hmm. because that was the game that I played when I was seven years old that I was like, yes, this is amazing. And like, I'll never have the experience of me playing again for the first time. And the experience of making somebody play that on an emulator in, you know, 2018, 2019, it's not even remotely the same. And most people are sort of like, nah, even though they think it's a great game, it's just like, you can't, you can't have <laughs> cake and eat it too. I don't know guys. When I go see a new star Wars movie and by new star Wars movie, I mean the good ones, not solo. <laughs> oh boy. I I feel like I'm like five, mm-hmm. five or six again, seeing them for the first time. I mean, I and there's a sense of wonder, but I'm not a bitter shrew. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think I called all the fanboys who hate star Wars, bitter shrews. I think you're just by extension implied that all of us who do not feel the same joy. I mean, actually I do, feel that same joy every time i get a new zelda game it's just like the nostalgia but, comes back and i will like excuse pretty horrible video games just on the basis of the fact that there's zelda it, it, it is funny how some of that stuff does come back depending on on the circumstances it's it's a different experience but the with reboots and they with rebirth at dc a couple of years ago a writer by the name of tom king took over batman and you know i've read every batman comic in the world <laughs> i i haven't but it feels like it at times mm-hmm. um and you know and I've I've read the best ones and I've read the best ones over and over again and I've read the one where he has a rainbow suit <laughs> hey, that I've read one, Batman yeah. with the rainbow suits I know exactly um, why he has rainbow yeah. suits 
it's one of those things like just you know working in the store you know retailing this dealing with with this as a, a lifestyle choice or whatever i was kind of at that point of like it's i'm never going to love batman i've never like, liked it, batman it, before I, I like batman you know i, I like I, <laughs> I i'm never going to be recommending it and tom king took over that book in 1952 with rebirth not new 52 <laughs> and it's the best batman has been in 30 years 30 for me it's been the best like, batman's like, been like, in eight I, years I'm gonna say since I'm gonna say. Oh, I think we're headed towards another. No, I'm gonna say since year one. So that, that's the last time okay. I was but genuinely yeah, yeah, it's, engaged. It's, right. it's the only ongoing Batman series that I have ever enjoyed. It, um, yeah. I'm I'm not a fan of Batman. I'm a fan of I'm a fan of Robin. I I like the idea. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. a fan of Nightwing. I'm a fan of Batgirl. Yeah, I, I'm a bigger fan of Nightwing uh, than I am yeah, of Batman. I've always, but, but, yeah. Oh, so yeah. we are going to resolve something here. My point is, for the first time in 20 plus years of working in comics retail, I'm actively recommending the ongoing Batman title and looking forward to it from week to week and looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah. And, and I just, I really kind of thought I was done with Batman mm-hmm. and it kind of feels the old fan in me who you know, grew up loving the character and in comics and all that stuff. It feels really nice to recommend Batman again. And you know, what's great about it though. What works about Tom King's Batman, actually lots of something, lots of things work about it. I, I, I my favorite Batman story like Wayne in decades was a two issue storyline where Batman or I, should, I shouldn't even say Batman where Bruce and Selena and Clark and Lois go out on a double date. That's the story. Yep. There's no that, villain. It's it, so it, great. It was so it's so well done. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, it was so well done. It's so great. It's two it's two issues of them just hanging out and sort of talking about going to yeah, a they go to a carnival. <laughs> you, you know, uh, Selena and Lois get to know each other. Aww. Batman and 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 or sorry, Clark and and Bruce like you get to see their relationship with each other and like how they've become um you know where their colleague their friendship is. Um, my favorite line from the uh, from the book is there for for various reasons Bruce decides to dress up like Superman and Clark decides to dress up like Batman so they're going they're going to a costume party and they, and so they wear each other's outfit it's so adorable they wear each other's outfit this and so um so, so so Clark is handing the, the Superman shirt to Bruce and Clark's like that it's not an S that's a symbol it stands for hope and so Bruce hands the Batman shirt to Clark and says, that's a bat. It stands for bat. <laughs> <laughs> so brilliant. It is so, it is so great. It is the, it is the, it is, it is the best story. And what makes it work is uh, among other things, among, aside from it having really good writing and being an interesting story, King ignored entirely the four years of continuity that happened between um, New 52 and when he started writing the comic the month before. Like, so in the current history of the DC universe, literally going back about a month before Tim King took over that book, Batman has been Batman for five years and Superman is a different Superman from an alternate universe Batman and Superman are aware that they're not the same people, but in their continuity for the DC universe, they've known each each other for for two weeks. Tim King took over it and they've been friends for 40 years. Don't think about it too hard. I just don't care. (laughs) He didn't want it to hamper the story. So what you're saying is, is that continuity is bad. Well, I think it's the continuity is not a good in of itself. Yeah, right. Like it's good insofar it facilitates right. certain things and it becomes less useful when it's not facilitating that. The story he wanted to tell requires Batman and Superman to have been friends for forever in order to get that kind of relationship and for Lois and, and Selena to have just met each other. So he just decided that's how it was. And, and to hell with the fact that the rest of the comics don't make sense. He just doesn't care because it's a good story and good story outranks continuity any day. So what you're saying is we shouldn't bother with continuity on this show. <laughs> if, 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 if you don't listen to these in order, none of this will make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> and Riverdale is the best show ever. <laughs> no. <laughs> so oh my god we're, we're a comic book we we no. just keep repeating the same crap over and over we do, we do. speaking of <laughs> we, we resolve nothing well <laughs> if this was a drinking game <laughs> oh, did we not tell you you could Except drink on the show? Because I started before we. 
<laughs> yeah, this show is a drinking you know, like game. Other podcasts, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts besides just you know ours, and most shows start off with like a description of you know today on you know welcome to the show where we discuss blah blah blah. And I think I did that on the very first episode and have never bothered again. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I drink on this show. <laughs> I gotta be honest, the podcasts I listen to, the ones that are the ones I look forward to are the ones that don't follow necessarily a format. I mean, you definitely look for running gags and, you know, taglines and we've resolved nothing, but it's the idiosyncrasy. Uh, geez, I can't <laughs> pronounce anything tonight. But no, it's, it's, it's that it's what you bring to it as opposed to cookie cutter. Like if it's too formulaic then Hey, I'll bring it back in the continuity. You're going to dampen your creativity if you try to always do what right. you've done before. So maybe yeah. we did resolve something. <laughs> to, to, okay, don't ruin the show. Yeah, to use the use the Mad Magazine like catchphrase brought to you useful. by the usual gang of idiots. You're going to be citing your dissertation now, right? Oh sure. Yeah. <laughs> Were you going to say idiosyncrasies? Yes, that, was yes, that it? Or? Just, I'm. I'm going to yeah. comment on things. Like that. <laughs> we can go with idiots. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> or idiot things also works. Oh, thanks for coming on, yeah, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Great. great. Oh, thanks for having me. Oh, <laughs> uh, where would um where would people follow you? What what else do you have going on? What okay, do you want to Well, uh, you can find me on Twitter. Um, plug away, Mark. <laughs> um, I last year uh, published my Labor of Love, which is a three book space opera called The Dawn Cluster, and you can find that on uh, Amazon, Nook, uh, Kobo, Google Play. Um, you name it. Wherever fine ebooks are yeah. distributed. Well said, perfectly. <laughs> I'm horrible with my sales pitch. That's <laughs> what we're here for. Link to the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at Schultescribe. Well, thank you again. Uh, let's go with uh, Katia first. Uh, I'm basically just on Instagram these days, which is at just that nerd kid. I really don't talk about anything that we talk about on the show on there. It's mainly sewing. So prepare to be disappointed. It's good sewing. Excellent sewing. Every once in a while, I get a haircut too. You get, every once in a while, there's a haircut or union stuff. Um, I'm slowly getting into making more costumey things, so maybe cosplay is somewhere in my very far future, but we'll see. Yeah, I, 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 I can't follow the thread. <laughs> uh, hey. We talked about puns on a previous show. <laughs> uh, Hannah. Uh, just side note, my computer froze for like a good like minute, and I freaked out because I thought I was going to lose everything, uh, but it didn't. <laughs> but you can follow me on Twitter at Hanley Rogers. I would also like to point out, Mav, you have not pointed out that Hannah is Palindrome Hannah. Palindrome Hannah, I know I forgot at the beginning of the show. I was just going to say right. that. Everybody take a shot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wayne, what about you? Um, I I recently guested on a, on another podcast, so I cheated on us. Um, uh, we will link this on the show notes. I, I talked about Stan Lee at the Church of the Geek podcast. A friend of mine at the store does it, um, just wanted to talk about Stan Lee and invited me. So you can hear me talk in a very different context than we have here. <laughs> Um, a very different content. Yeah, well, yeah, just yeah, just for you know for filling, so people know what they're into. Tell us about what Church of the Geek is. I listen to the show, so I know what it's about. Yeah, it's I, it's uh, <laughs> it's looking at the intersection of geek culture and faith. Yes, uh, the the two the two podcasters are both uh, ministers, preachers. Uh, I, I I hope that's the the phrases they use to describe mm-hmm. themselves. Um, Brian is uh, Brian Bennett is a, a customer at the store. I like Brian a lot. Uh, and they do. They they approach this stuff from a, a very different way than we do. But I uh, listen to the podcast. They do some great shows. Uh, I was really happy on the show. Uh, there was a lot less swearing there than there is here. Um, uh, but but uh, so so I did that last week. So that's up, and, and we will link to that. Yes, they are comic book reading, Dungeons and Dragons playing geeks who off, also happen to be preachers in their own congregations. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. interesting. <laughs> so uh, that's yep. that, that's pretty much it. And let's see, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Maverick. You can follow the show on Twitter at Fox Popcast. You can follow my blog at www.chrismaverick.com. I wrote a, I wrote a movie review this week about the movie Glass, which put <laughs> money in Wayne's pocket <laughs> for, 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 for our game. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, yeah, yeah, virtual money Ooh, in Wayne's Bitcoin. in Wayne's virtual pocket. <laughs> yeah. uh, and we could have talked about that as far as that show. I, it's I, I don't not just because Wayne would make money, but I don't terribly recommend it. It's okay. It's not horrible. I enjoyed it, but it's kind of a it's a movie that one could wait for um, for DVD or or cable for. Honestly, yeah. That's how I felt too. I, I gave yeah. it two and a half out of five stars. It's it's fine. Maybe I'll maybe I'll start mentioning tiny movie reviews here but um yeah it's it's not bad i enjoyed it uh serenity is great yeah. <laughs> serenity i'm sure is not great and no one see it i will but <laughs> but yeah that comes out next week next week right this weekend it comes out this weekend oh wait i'm sorry in, so, in the past for when you've heard this <laughs> yeah it, it it will come out it will be out by the time you hear this podcast. It, it will have come out by now. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it was great. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I wrote a review of Glass that's up on my website, www.chrismaverick.com. Probably has other reviews by the time you've listened to this or maybe not. Follow the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com where we'll be talking about what we'll talk about on our next episode. And you can comment and you can be a guest like Mark if we are interested if in you what you have to say or if we just don't have anything better. <laughs> you can also write us a review, which helps. Um, reviews help people find the show, particularly if you place them on iTunes. Uh, five-star reviews. Don't give us bad reviews because you talk about me crying because we don't get enough reviews i will certainly cry if you tell us we suck and the fun thing is if you leave a review because you enter apparently (laughs) the competition for favorite listener that i just learned about that's right (laughs) which right now is and i'm gonna defend i'm gonna defend my title (laughs) to the to the death Oh, 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 there should boy. be a death match. Okay. That could be, be an interesting <laughs> show. <laughs> okay. Uh, I would like to thank Maximilian of Thoughtform Music for our epic theme song, Building Ever So More Epically, as it plays us out right now. Once again, thank you to Mark for listening. Thank you, or actually, once again, thank you to Mark for being here. Thank you at <laughs> home for listening. <laughs> and we will we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Deja vu. What did you just say? Nothing, just a little deja vu. What did you see? What happened? A black cat went past us, and then another that looked just like it. How much like it? Was it the same cat? Might have been, I'm not sure. Switch, APOC. What is it? A deja vu is usually a glitch in the matrix. It happens when they change something. <laughs>